This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 289. Yo, VIP, let's kick it. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he makes a face when he changes chords while playing the guitar, Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use, and one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be, because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting, and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host, and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to, and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast, which is brought to you by you. Yes, that's right. No ad spots today at the top of the show. I hardly do that anyway, but maybe that fooled some of you. But really, this episode is brought to you by you because I've had so many requests for this topic. I've gotten emails. I've gotten numerous uh, messages on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and I've gotten even a couple handwritten messages where within that message or in the PS, people are asking, Pat, I need to learn more about your live video studio. Why did you set it up? What is it for? What is your plan with it? Is it something I should be investing money in? So on and so forth. So that's what today's episode is gonna be about. It's gonna be about live video strategy, but also setting up a space for yourself to do it in. Now, the origin of this story is I for a while knew that video was gonna be an important part of the Smart Passive Income blog and business and in general just the entire strategy that I was going to have moving forward because courses were going to be a major part of it. I came out with a couple courses earlier this year, Smart From Scratch, which has done very well and even better than that, the Power Up Podcasting course at powerupodcasting.com. So you can sign up for the waitlist there if you want to check it out. Uh, It'll help you get started with getting your podcast up and running. But videos are obviously an important part of the course equation. But In addition to that, I also learned this year, mainly through a number of colleagues, and especially I want to give a shout out to Shalene Johnson as well. I've been following her very closely, 
and her strategies using live video. And she at Social Media Marketing World 2017 said in her closing keynote that live video is very, very important to pay attention to. It is her connection to her audience or her lifers, as she says. It's her way to come up with an infomercial for the things that she has to offer, but do it in a very genuine and non-aggressive way, but in a more organic way. And of course, a lot of you know that Facebook, especially if you go live on Facebook, you're going to get more reach than if you were to just simply link to something or even post a regular text-only status update or even an image. Facebook is definitely favoring live video right now. I've even seen commercials on television for Facebook Live. So they're offering a lot more exposure to those who are investing in live video. And I heard that Google said that by 2020, about 97% of all content consumption, maybe not 97, I think it was 90%, sorry. About 90% of all content consumption in 2020 is gonna be video. And live video is gonna be definitely an important component to that. And now that the technology is getting a little bit better and easier to use and more just user-friendly in general and the editing, there hardly is any involved with live video, which is the beauty of it. It's something that we need to pay attention to. And the nice thing about live video as well, and I've discussed this in previous episodes when I've had my videographer, Caleb Wojcik from DIYVideoGuy.com come on. We talked about how just in general, live video specifically is okay to be less professional. So if you have a video stream that's out there, it doesn't, and it's not expected to be professional quality. It just has to look okay and sound decent. I think those are the two most important things. And of course, the content and the engagement that you have with those who are watching live too is very important, but it doesn't have to be highly produced. In fact, if it's highly produced and there's multiple camera angles, um, it can often Not always, but it can often actually take away from the realness of it. Sometimes the best solution is to just take out that mobile device of yours and go over to Facebook and go live and just start to have a conversation with your audience from there. Bring them to where you are at. Show them the behind the scenes of what it is that you're uh, walking through or what it is that you're doing. People love that stuff and it helps you build a deeper and stronger relationship with them. And especially because it's live, they can even have a conversation with you. I remember back in, I think it was 2008, I started following a number of different bloggers and internet marketers, one of them being Darren Rouse from problogger.net. And I just absolutely loved everything he was doing. I just ate up every single post. And then later he started to come out with some videos, which I ate up as well. And then I remember one time I saw him post on social media that he was going to go in a live broadcast through a service called, I think it was called Blog TV at the time. And I was like, Blog TV? Wait, I can see Darren, my hero, live? And I remember it was very late at night because I had work the next morning. This was closing in on my termination date after I had uh, been told I was going to get let go in 2008. Well, I saw Darren go live and Blog TV was one of those things that you had to register for and there was a ton of steps to get to the point at which you would then be able to interact with somebody. You could watch the live streams, but I wanted to interact. I wanted to see if Darren might actually know that I was here in the US staying up late to watch him and maybe I could get an answer to a question. And so I registered and I had to wait to that for that email to come in to confirm and then I signed in and then I created my profile and I uploaded an image and all this stuff. And then I finally got to see Darren midstream as he was going. And it was just really cool to see him because I saw the chat that was happening. That was the the different thing at this time. It was the video, 
which was very similar to his like YouTube videos at the time. But then there was a chat and people were chatting about the things that he was talking about almost in real time. And I didn't know anybody who was in the chat and a lot of them had random screen names that you could just kind of make up. And I think mine was like Fat Flynn, which was my AIM screen name at the time or whatever. And I just was just mesmerized. I didn't type anything. I was scared to type anything weird or look, you know, get booted out, which is very common. A lot of people who were spamming got booted out. So I didn't want to say anything wrong. But then there was a point after Darren started talking that he asked the audience or, you know, me and everybody else who was watching. And there was a few hundred people there if we had any questions. So I typed in a question. I don't remember what the question was. And I copied and pasted it a few times because the comment stream was just going crazy. And then all of a sudden I hear him say my screen name and then my question. And he said, from the U.S. So Pat from the U.S. or Fat Flynn from the U.S. Or it could have been Fatrick. That was either my eBay name or my AIM name. I don't know why I was so infatuated with the P-H-A-T instead of using my real name. But anyway, he called my name. He said my question. He read my question. And then he said his answer. And to know that he was there in Australia and in almost real time, he was answering my question. I had interacted with my hero who was really inspiring me to get my blog up and running and just to show me the way. Uh, what? It blew my mind. It blew my mind. Never did I ever consider that I would be doing the same thing myself because getting behind the camera and speaking to a group of people was just the last thing I wanted to do. I was very happy being a blogger and hiding behind my keyboard and my avatar and my blog. But to know that I was there interacting with him was huge. And so fast forward 10 years almost later, now we have access to really, really easy, simple tools to not only get on a live stream in front of our audience through Facebook or Periscope or YouTube Live, but having the device to actually record on the go and show people the behind the, the, behind the scenes of where we're at. I mean, it's even more amazing. It's, it's 10x, it's 100x that experience that I experienced with Darren back in the day because those people who were influencers on that platform had webcams that I remember there were, there were ones that looked like circles. I had one of those and I never used it because I was, like I said, too scared. But he must have had a webcam too. And that was a big deal to have a webcam and go live. That was just amazing technology back then. And now we have a camera in our pockets, on our iPhones, on our Android devices. And with two clicks, we could be live in front of our audience. And if you, don't, if you can't grasp the power behind that, what that actually means and what, what it can do for you and your business and your influence and your authority, then you're missing out. Now, some of you might even understand that power, but still be a little reluctant to get started, which is why hopefully after listening to this episode, you'll at least get started and try things. And again, like I was saying earlier, people don't expect this to be perfect. And part of the awesomeness of going live is that things go wrong and people love that. It almost reminds me of, I don't know if you remember that viral video that went live not too long ago, but I think it was on the BBC and this man was speaking. He was in his home and there was like a world map behind him, I think, and he was talking to the newscaster uh, and then all of a sudden his kid barges in the room and he's like trying to keep it cool and his kid's like poking at him and then all of a sudden the baby comes in with the with the roller and then the mom storms in and she like trips trying to get the babies out. And it's like so funny and so real uh, that it just went viral because people love that kind of stuff. So if you're thinking of going live and you haven't done so yet, you don't have to worry about being perfect. That's number one. 
that should take care of a lot of your fears. Now, secondly, you might be wondering, well, who's going to watch me? Now, the nice thing about going live on these platforms that we have now is the idea that we have the ability to share and store those recordings and replay them later or show them as recordings later. And especially on Facebook, I mean, those things live for quite a bit. And I would say, I don't know the percentage, but a number, a a large number of people watch my live streams after they go live. And there's some tips and tricks I'll share with you later in terms of how to maximize and optimize your live streams for Facebook and YouTube and Periscope and all those kinds of things. So we'll get into that in a little bit. But a number of people watch them later. So even if nobody is watching you live, that shouldn't be something that should stop you. It shouldn't be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't have an audience to go live to. Well, you can get an audience later who may watch those things later. And more importantly, it's going to help you practice. Practice makes progression. Not perfect. That's why I try to teach my kids. Like, you don't have to be perfect. But practice so you can progress and so you can get better. And that's the truth. The more you do something, the better you will get at it. And so get started. And actually, it's probably good that nobody's watching your first few live streams, right? Because you're probably going to be terrible. And that's okay. You need to get through that muck. As my buddy JLD says, he says, every master starts as a disaster. Now, I don't know if that's his original quote, but if you quote me on that, make sure to give John Lee Dumas credit for that one because a lot of times I say that and people try to give me credit for it. No, John Lee Dumas said that. That's where I heard it from. And it's so true, though. Every master starts as a disaster. So get started now. Guess what? Nobody's going to watch, and that's okay. But as you get better, and again, people will watch those replays too, you will feel like you, you have more confidence. You will better deliver that content, and you'll, be, you'll just be that much better at it. Now, like I was saying earlier, I now have this studio, a 900-square-foot office space that I leased out. And it was really cool kind of how that happened. Actually, the the really root of the story is that my wife and I, we started a real estate company. And we're going to be buying uh, homes and office spaces down the road where we will be kind of managing them and using them as investment properties for for real estate. So we're we're really excited to diversify our income in the family and explore that realm. And we know that's a great wealth building strategy, especially for the long term. So we set up this new company, but we needed a physical office space in order to run this company because of the address. And we also, uh, my attorney suggested that it's better to have a real address than the address that I had before, which was a a UPS address for most of my businesses. So to have a real business office space made sense. Plus, we had a lot of things that were being stored that were related to my business, uh, video equipment and other other things that were coming in that you know we could just use a space for. So we were gonna rent a really tiny space simply just for storage and to have an address. And it would cost probably the same as what we were spending on our UPS boxes for all these different businesses that I have. Well, my wife gave me the grand idea of, of actually getting a bigger space so that we could actually utilize the space for more things such as shooting videos and perhaps holding conferences and things like that. Conferences meaning like conference calls, not giant conferences. Or if there are team meetings, that that's where I could have them. Now, I do have this office space in the home that is really nice. And uh, a lot of you saw that on SPI TV episode two, which we'll link to in the show notes. But it kind of started to all make sense once... I started to think about this. Hmm, okay, I could have a physical space outside of the home so I can escape 
the home for a little bit and I typically escape the home once a week and I go downtown to go to a working space, a co-working space and that's really nice to kind of get out of the house. I still record my podcasts at home. I'm recording my podcast at home right now, standing up in my office. But with videos, like I actually tried setting up a video studio in my garage. A lot of you might have remembered back uh, a couple years ago on Instagram, I posted the progression of a video space that was being created in our garage. And there was actually like a green screen that we set up and a white screen and flooring and acoustical panels. And, you know, we were going to set up the lights and cameras in there and it was, it was going to be all set up. But then we realized that for the shots that we wanted and the kinds of things we wanted to do, we needed a little bit more room but also that it was just cramping up our garage. And to get from our cars through this space into the house, it was just so annoying. And so I started to put the lighting equipment aside and the camera equipment aside. And then when I needed to set up again, I would take it all out and set it up again and I have to adjust everything. And it just became a hassle. And I found that by having to tear down and put things back up again, I never filmed video. I never went live. I never filmed any YouTube videos that I thought I was gonna film because of just the setup. So... When this idea popped in my head, in my wife's head, to have a different space where I could have something set up permanently, and I imagined like a truss system with lights hanging, right, hanging from the top off the ground, and cameras that were just there, stationary, that I could just press a couple buttons when I go in and go live, or press a couple buttons and record, and that's what I have now, and I gotta say, it is such a beautiful thing to know that I can, when I want to shoot a video, I can just go into that studio, which is literally seven minutes from my home, so it's not that far away at all. Go into that studio. I have Google Home there, and I say, hey, Google, party on. And that is the code to turn on all the lights, turn on all the cameras. I turn on the computer, and then the computer connects to the cameras, and a couple buttons later, I'm live. And it's just so easy. And because it's been so easy, I've been going live quite a bit. Now, for the last month or so, because I've been traveling, I haven't. But before that, I was going live consistently with Ask Pat every single week, and I still continue to plan to do that. I'm going live midweek, and I have different sets as well. So I can go from you know my uh, stand-up desk view, which shows my logo behind me, and it's just kind of a white wall behind me, so I can doctor it up any way I want. But then there's like a couch set with a different camera, Um, Then there's also an overhead camera looking over my shoulder. So if ever I'm doing any product reviews or if I'm, you know, just talking about something that's on my computer screen, I can go that way. I can go full screen with what's on my on my computer at the same time. So I can do, you know, a, a screen share and it just becomes a little bit deeper of a live streaming experience. Now, there are tools out there that can help you do this right now on the cheap. There's one by Ecamm. I think it's called Ecamm Live or something. We'll link to it in the show notes as well. For I think 30 or 50 or something dollars, less than $100, you're able to set up this broadcasting studio using the equipment you already have. Now, of course, you can set up professional cameras with that, but you can you can also use your webcam and you can do lower thirds and you can do overlays and you can do screen sharing and all kinds of things with that too. So if you're starting out, I don't want you to think that because I'm getting and I have this studio, and I'll talk about the cost in just a moment, um, that you need to go to that level. No. The reason I'm going to this level right now is because I know that, A, if I have this space available, I'm going to use it, especially because I'm paying for it. I have skin in the game. I want to make sure I get my money's worth, which will force me to do videos, and videos is something I know that I want to do. It's already started to pay off already on many different levels. But B, this space has now grown to become much more than a video studio. Right, Live video 
YouTube video type stuff, tutorials, those kinds of things, plus course-related videos are going to be done there. But there's a lot more to the space. There's storage, of course, like I mentioned earlier. But more than that, there is a room that is available for planning purposes. I call it the green room, partly because literally there's green furniture in there, but also because the green room is a space in theater. It's a space in television where people who are about to go on stage or about to go on television, that's where they hang out. That's where they get ready. That's where they are going to be right before they go live. And so the green room is there to be able to plan, to be able to get into the mindset that I need to be in before I start recording videos. If it's more of a tutorial type video, uh, a tutorial type video, that's where I'm going to outline and plan. There's a whiteboard in there, actually a couple whiteboards. If it is something that I'm going to go live, same thing, I'm going to outline kind of what I'm going to say. You know, those kinds of things happen in the green room. And already that space I've used for several meetings. People have come into the office and that's where we sit and chat. Uh, Caleb comes by and that's where we kind of get our heads together before we start to film course material. It's actually become very, very useful. So now it's much more than a space to record videos. It's a place to plan. It's a place to execute and it's a place to produce. It's a production studio now, which I'm really excited about. And what's really cool is that a few parents here in the same neighborhood that we live in, they started to hear news that this studio is coming about and they've asked to get access to it too. We've actually already had one client who is a neighbor friend of ours go in. We've used the green room to brainstorm what his videos were going to be about. He's a chiropractor. He's awesome. His name is Devin. Uh, He's actually now a student of my Power Up podcasting course, which is great too. But he came in, we filmed And we're producing some videos for them. And we're trying to determine if that's a viable strategy moving forward to kind of use almost as sort of like, if you imagine the video studio, I'm in there and I'm working, okay, fine, nobody else can go in at that time. But when I'm not in there, it could be almost like an Airbnb. We could rent the space out or we can have a team be in there and produce videos for other people too. And it's already paying itself off in that way. Now, I mentioned earlier that it was paying itself off in many different ways. That's just one of the, possibilities and yes we could go all out with that i mean this space alone could just serve other people's stuff um it was mainly built for my own but it seems that there's a lot of time in there now to serve other people too so that's really interesting but it's also helped out because during my recent course launches i went live and i went live to do a number of things to not only promote the course and announce it which was you know very important of course but to answer people's questions about it and that by far was one of the most important aspects of especially my most recent launch for Power Up Podcasting is that I told people that I was going to go live at a certain time. I emailed my list about that time. I sent social media messages about that time. I just made people know that, hey, if you have questions about this course that I'm coming out with or anything related to podcasting, this is where I'll be able to answer them live for you so that I can create that same feeling like Darren gave me back in 2008 on blog TV. Well, Of course, I went to the studio a little bit beforehand to get everything set up, and I went live at the time I said I was, and I had hundreds and thousands, actually, um, over the course of that hour be there to answer questions, to listen to me answer those questions, and I saw direct results in terms of the sales that were made as a result of me going live. Because when you think about it, when people are asking questions or even if people take the time to listen to answers to other people's questions about a specific thing that is being offered, you know that those are potential buyers. They're interested 
and they are likely just on the fence. And the more you can show them that you're real, that you'll take care of them, and that you're great at answering questions in real time, just like you will during office hours, if that's something you offer along with your courses, well, then it's going to be a lot easier for people to feel comfortable making that purchase. And that's that. That's what I was trying to do there. And it worked. I saw direct dollar amount. I, I, I saw direct correlation between the dollars that I made that particular day, which was the second to last day of the launch, um, to answer questions and, you know, all the sales that were coming in through Samcart and through Teachable. So I often try to encourage people to do that because a lot of times people, and this was me in the beginning, uh, I remember when I was launching my first ebook and this was for my Green Exam Academy site to help people pass a certain exam in the architecture industry. I remember getting a lot of questions about this product on comments and on emails and I, w- I, I didn't like getting those questions. I was like, what? All the answers are right there on the sales page and I would get frustrated and people would ask questions that I sometimes felt were kind of ridiculous. Like, really? But then I realized, wait, these people just are on the fence and they need a, they just need a couple seconds for me to let them know that I'm there for them and to just get their answer really quickly so they can make that decision. And of course, if you can respond in a timely manner, they're going to be more likely to follow through because you'll have served them just then. And so that's why going live and answering questions is a great strategy, especially around a launch period. Now, there's a lot of other people out there who use live for various strategies. I think more than anything, it's great for building a relationship. It's great for establishing authority. But a lot of people use it in a very smart way. For example, Shalene Johnson, who I believe I talked about already, she does it in a very smart way because that's the start of her repurposing. And that then leads to her podcast and social media posts and little tiny videos that she posts out that all promotes sort of the same stuff. Now, what she does is she goes live. And she interacts. I recommend you all follow Shalene Johnson. She's the master of live video. She has the formula down. She's so easy to watch. And you'll see just how her personality comes out in her live videos. It's very infectious. And it's very it's it, it's very attractive in terms of the way that she presents her information. But it's also very structured and very conscious. And she mentioned this in an episode of Social Media Marketing Podcast with Michael Stelzner, how she uses her live videos and takes the audio out and puts them into her podcast, and that essentially becomes her podcast. And then she transcribes that, and that becomes you know, different parts of her blog posts and social media cards and things like that. Now, my big concern about repurposing video stuff is that, well, if you at any point say in an audio podcast, hey, look at this, if you know what I mean, you're talking in video and you're saying, oh, look at this thing, or haha, that's funny how that looks. Um, if people are hearing that and they're not seeing the visual thing that you're talking about, it's, it's, there's going to be a disconnect. They're not going to feel like they belong there or that they're missing something. So they're going to leave. They're not going to subscribe to that show. But what Shaleen does is very smart. She spends some time in the beginning of her live streams and she starts right away. She doesn't, she doesn't wait. She doesn't go, okay, guys, we're going to wait a couple minutes before we get started. She just starts right away because she knows that people who watch the replay, they're not going to sit there and wait for people to show up. So she starts right away. And as you come in, even if you're coming in late, like she's already going, right? And so you are there with her as she's kind of going through the stuff and she's interacting with you. She's answering questions. She's asking you questions, which is great. That engagement is really important. But then she always has a topic in mind that she's going to discuss, and that's reflected in her subject or her post, which is really important. You just you, you don't want to say, "Hey guys, I'm just going live." You want to talk about and mention what you're gonna what what you're what you're gonna present essentially, or what the topic of discussion is going to be. And so, pay attention to her subject lines and 
her posts on Facebook and, and everything she does there because she does it very, very well. She's she's a master at this. Um, big shout out to Shalene. I love her. So what she does is she interacts and the interaction stuff you don't want in your podcast either if you're thinking about repurposing uh, live videos into podcasts or, or other things. But what she does is she, at some point after that interaction, she goes, all right, guys, I'm not going to be able to answer questions right now. I'm not going to be able to say hi to people, but, you know, stick around because I'm going to do a quick um, little thing about, you know, diets right now or, or whatever the topic is. And she'll know that that's the moment at which she would then start that recording, essentially, or she would take that part out, plus everything else she's about to say up until the point where she begins to interact with her audience again. So she chunks a middle of her live streams. Or, or certain bits of her live streams specifically for the purpose of taking that audio out. And she makes sure not to say anything about visuals. She makes sure that she is almost as if she's recording a podcast at that point. And people are watching her live do this and they're seeing her present this information and it's great and she's seeing the comments come in, but she's not addressing them right now. But then at the end of that, boom, she's back into it with her audience and they loved what she just said and they're interacting. She's answering more questions and then at the end, she has this recording that she could take from Facebook or take from wherever and then actually take that middle chunk out that's perfect for her audio podcast, put that into her audio podcast and then transcribe it and then turn it into a blog post and so on and so forth. And that's how you can do that. So big props to Shalene Johnson for that and I know a number of other people who are experimenting with that now as well. It takes a little bit of time and a little bit of skill to do that. Um, but that also helps you get more bang for your buck for the time that you go live. And it also helps you start to sound more real on your podcast. I think a number of people on podcasts, and again, this was me, and I only learned because I got I went through all of this, but I used to script everything that I was going to say, or I used to bullet point and outline so much of my podcast that it just was very robotic. It sounded like a lecture after lunch where you're just tired and you're putting yourself to sleep almost. So I got to become very comfortable with speaking by trusting myself, but also through all the practice of going live. I think uh, I've seen and I've felt a big, big jump in my confidence in communication and especially doing it ad lib because that's what you do on a live video and, and, and when you're broadcasting um, and when you're an interacting with people. Um, I've just found that now as I'm recording podcasts, it's just felt more conversational. It just felt a lot more natural and hopefully you guys can feel that too. And of course, when I have interviews, it's, you know, me and the interviewer, but solo shows, I mean, that's one of the hardest things to do when you're on a podcast recording by yourself. You have to imagine the conversation that you're having with another person or a group of people on the other end. But once you get to understand the flow of live broadcasting, that really does bring it, bring over into the podcasting world too. And it makes it sound much more real and more authentic. Hopefully you guys are feeling that. Maybe not. I'd love to hear your comments on that. Maybe that's just my perspective, but that's how I feel at least as a producer of a podcast at this point. Now, for those of you who have yet to see this studio, very few people have actually walked through it. A number of people have actually seen the latest tour that I posted on YouTube. We'll post a link and uh, the YouTube video on the show notes, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 289. I did a MTV Cribs style video where Caleb had a camera on him and I kind of invited him in the office then walked you through the whole thing and then I kind of kicked him out afterwards and it was really fun a lot of people really enjoyed that and that way you can get a, a sense of you know the scale of this and what's all involved and you know there's some really cool things in there like a mural that was uh, painted by somebody who came down an SPI fan actually and I talk about that in the video 
Um, and, and then a person who welded an Ask Pat sign that's there as well for my Ask Pat show. It's just amazing things are in there. It's a really, really great space. Uh, one thing that I wanted to make sure that happened was when I walked into that space, I was reminded about why I am in that space. And so this mural says, serve first. Like a lot of people know, I have a t-shirt that says serve first that I sell on SPI. And that is sort of my mantra and the way that I teach people how to run their businesses. Serve your audience first and you will be rewarded in the long run. And then finally, I also have a lot of thank you notes that people have handwritten to me posted up there right around that serve first uh, symbol and, and mural there that's in the, in the front space. But again, watch the tour video. You'll, you'll get to see and get a sense of the space. And that'll also uh, give you an idea of how much is being spent on this space as well. So the lease is about 1600 a month. That's the lease. And we are on a three-year contract. And then the equipment, which of course is just a one-time payment, but it was a substantial payment because there are a lot of things in there that um, you know you don't really know need to go in there, such as all the wiring, all the truss systems, and all the lighting, especially when you have multiple camera angles and different sets involved and you know, monitors and the whole live broadcasting system. Um, I'm very thankful for David and Luria from LivestreamingPros.com. They're the ones who helped set me up with a lot of the equipment here. They also helped set up Michael Hyatt's, which is, you know, he was the one who recommended them to me and they were great. Um, we spent about 30K. So we invested $30,000 in all of the equipment. Um, that That's four cameras, uh, 4K cameras, um, you know, uh, PTZ, point tilt zoom cameras for the over the shoulder one, you know, all this fancy stuff that I didn't even know existed. And yes, I am a little bit of a tech geek and I do splurge a little. If there's one thing I do splurge on, it is tech geeky stuff and back to the future. Uh, and if you can merge the two, like I will explode. But uh, yes, the cameras are very high end. And they will last a long time too. That's the other thing. I wanted to make sure that this was something that was going to last and stay up to date for a while so I wouldn't have to keep getting new stuff, right? So I invested $30,000 up front plus $1,600 a month and I'm already seeing dividends pay off as a result of that. But I also know that there is that ongoing payment every month. So I want to make sure I continue to utilize this space, which again is just helping me with being encouraged and motivated to kind of go in there and shoot videos and, and be there for you and create new courses and, and actually utilize the space. So I'm just extremely excited for the future of SPI and where video lies into that uh, and how this video studio will play a role. I mean, all the sales videos that were in the recent courses were filmed there and it's just so much easier. Plus, you know, my wife was happy because a lot of the stuff that was in the house that was taking up all that space and there was even more things that were packed away in the garage, uh, they're now in that studio and it's opened up a lot more room in the house. And plus the other thing, you know, my kids are very curious, right? And whenever Caleb came over to film before, when we'd film in my in my office, you know, there'd be a little knock on the door while I'm recording. And uh, sometimes when we were taking breaks, like Keone would be very curious about the cameras and the equipment we were using, which isn't always the safest thing either. Um, but it was kind of cool to show him that stuff. Now he's old enough where he can come to the studio and he can listen when I say, okay, we're going to be recording, so make sure you stay still and quiet. Um, but then I also let him get on the camera. It's really fun. One night we just, my family and I, we went to the studio. I turned on the monitors, turned on the cameras, and they were just producing their own TV show. And that was one of the coolest things to see both of the kids sitting behind the little stand-up desk. I like put it all the way down. I put some chairs behind it and they were just broadcasting their news and their news was about 
know, Legos and Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. And it was just the cutest thing. So, you know, I always try to get my kids involved in the things I'm doing to show them why those things are there um, and to show them that, you know, this work that I do can bring us together. It's not anything that would take us away, but it actually is something we can do together. Um, you know, there's some really exciting developments on that front. My son and I were considering, and it's up to him, but I'm trying to convince him. And again, remember, he's seven years old, turning eight very soon. I'm trying to convince him and I to do a podcast together that we can co-host. And I'm curious. I want to show him that there are people out there that would actually listen. So if you are out there, and if, like, honestly, I don't want you to just, to just say it, to say it. Um, but if, if, if that is a, a podcast you'd be interested in, listening to that would be one between my son and myself and if you have kids this would be one that i would recommend to and it would be about business it would be it would be essentially me teaching him business philosophies business advice and 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 me trying to dissect his brain and 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 ask him the right questions so he can discover this world himself not me commanding him about certain things but me more just asking the right questions like a good coach does right or a good father would to ask questions to have him discover this world and one thing I want to do is just allow him to to talk through these problems that he wants to solve. I mean, that's a daily thing for us. Now, this is why this idea of a podcast between my son and I, this is kind of getting off topic, but uh, maybe maybe it'll be useful because then I can show him, hey, guy, uh, like, Keone, look at all the people who are interested in us hosting a show together. Um, and it is something he expressed interest in, and then other days he's, like, not so interested. But I think if maybe you're there motivating him, too, it might be something that we could do for even a little bit just to kind of, um, you know, I feel comfortable with him at this age now publishing stuff uh, on the interwebs. He has his own YouTube channel now, which is pretty cool. And he just plays games and shares things that he creates and builds uh, there too. Um, But I think this would be a lot of fun Um, in terms of name. I thought about, and this isn't anything that's defined yet, but I thought about something like beeswax, like, Hey, none of your beeswax, right. But like none of your business, but it's actually all of your beeswax Maybe all your beeswax would be kind of cool. Um, target audience, I think, would be parents and younger kids who are just curious about the world and who want to learn how they can potentially help, even at a young age, start to develop these, help themselves develop these skills that are going to be useful for them later in life. And more than anything, it would just be a great father-son thing to do. And you know, one of those things that I imagine that when I pass one day, that he would listen to and just remember kind of the fun things that we did together and what I was trying to teach him. And anyway, kind of getting deep a little bit there. But going back to video, I'm really excited about this, the studio. Um, it's already something I enjoy, you know, especially with the, uh, he, here's the other thing. The kids are both now in school at the same time, in the mornings. And the studio is just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the school. So I can drop them off at school. I can go to the studio, get some work done, go live on video, and I can do this on a regular basis now that school has started and they're both in there now. Man, man, they're growing so, so fast. It's crazy. Um, but again, the studio's there now to utilize. Other people have come in and utilized the space as well. And it's just become a part of the strategy overall for SPI and what we're doing now. So I hope you look forward to some of the videos that are, are going to be produced there. If you follow me on YouTube, you'll see some of them uh, being produced. That's youtube.com slash smart passive income and all the links for everything we talked about, the video tour, the equipment that we're using, at least some of it. Um, and also live streaming pros.com, David and Luria, they're there too. Um, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are going to be in the show notes at smartpassiveincome.com slash session two eight nine. Um, so yeah, I mean, let me know what you think. I think live video is here to stay. 
and it's kind of the next big thing. I'm still waiting on VR though. If I were to guess like the next 10 years, what what's the next big content medium? It's going to be some some form of virtual reality or augmented reality um, in terms of content creation and, and content experience. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Once that starts to become available to the masses, I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that and try to create something kind of fun and interesting for you all there. So that, that's kind of next, but I think live video still is an important skill to learn is something that you could do right now with your mobile device. And I would challenge you to do that. I would say that if you're listening to this episode and if, if you've reached the end here, you know that live video is something you should be doing. Challenge yourself to within a week, do a live video your first one and try to come up with some topics that you want to discuss. And again, even if nobody is there watching, it's still going to be a great practice for you and B potentially something that people can watch in the future and C something for you to look back on after you've mastered live video and be like, man, I was such a disaster back then, but look at me now. And that is my dream for you to do that. So I'm here to help. Uh, And then finally, you know, I mentioned some tips uh, already related to repurposing, but I, I have, I'm looking at my notes here. I forgot to cover one thing, and that is uh, related to the replay. So one thing I learned that has worked out very well is when I go live, I consider people who are finding me as I'm going live, as I'm actually in real time live, reading the status update or the tweet or the message on YouTube, if you will. Sometimes it's even an email that gets sent out to my subscribers on YouTube, which is cool. Um, I'm able to simulcast through Livestream.com, which is the proprietary software that I use um, to do that. Um, there's multiple ways that you can do that too, but I would say that if you had to choose one platform to stream on, it would be Facebook for a lot of the reasons I mentioned earlier. But when you're going live, you want to make sure that the message or the status update that you share relates to something that is you know, relative to you going live right now. Come join me now so we can discuss blank and i can answer your questions immediately you know something like that something very compelling for people to know that you are there live talking about something relevant to them right but after you go live when it says join me live in a replay there's a disconnect there the trick is to edit that status update or that message later and say earlier today or we discussed or i answered 25 questions about blank here is the replay so you can get your questions answered too or something like that. Um, So after you go live to change that message to be relevant for the replay viewers is really important. This goes along with what I talked about with like what Shalene did earlier. When she goes live, she just starts. She doesn't wait for people to come on. She doesn't doesn't do that. She just goes and that's what I would recommend too. Capture people's attention right away and let them know why they should stick around and pay attention to you and engage. Ask them questions too and start to learn how to have that dance with your audience. It's, it's not easy. It's something that takes practice. But, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a delay. So you ask questions, but then you continue talking and then you go back and you read some of the answers. Call out people's names. Congratulate people. Highlight people. Make your audience the hero of the stories that you're telling. And all will be well and those are just some of, uh, some of the higher level tips I have for you related to live video. I hope you enjoy the live videos I come out with and also the recorded videos too. And of course, if you're watching any of the videos from the courses, likely those are filmed in that studio as well or maybe even in my home office. All right, guys, and before I let you go, I have to let you know about a brand new tool I've been using that has been just an amazing discovery of mine recently. Actually, two people 
uh, on opposite sides of the world, both recommended this tool to me. And after I started using it, it's just been blowing my mind. And it's related to SEO, search engine optimization. This was recommended to me by Brian Dean over at Backlinko and also Glenn Alsop from viperchill.com. And this tool is called Ahrefs. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. And oh my gosh, it is just blowing my mind with not just like the capability of it, but also how easy it is to use, but it is so deep. There are so many things here that are already helping me. I've automated a lot of the things for keeping track and for site audits and backlink checkers and competitor research and keyword research. I'm getting uh, emails every single day. You can set however many emails you want, but I'm getting emails every day telling me how many backlinks I've gained and how many backlinks I've lost so I can recover those. Um, My rank trackers for certain keywords that I'm really paying attention to. This is the ultimate keyword research tool, but not just keyword research. It's the ultimate keyword tool in general for long-term and just really just wanting to win in, in the world of SEO. It's used by some of the top people. And really, the value proposition of Ahrefs is that Really, it's like just imagine doing all this stuff yourself. There is no possible way that you'd be able to do this. Plus, they have seriously big data. They are, according to a third-party study, the second best web crawler after Google. How crazy is that? This is the second best web crawler. So the data that's coming in and and all the backlink information is just incredibly useful and it's super functional. Um, Keyword research tool, competitor research tool, backlink checker tool, content research tool, a rank tracker, site audit. Um, It's basically the only tool you need for SEO. And they also have some really good educational materials too. I highly recommend you check it out. Ahrefs.com, A-H-R-E-F-S.com is where you need to go. There's a free trial. You can check it out if you'd like. However, I will say that I've been working a deal with them. Um, We are going to give away one annual Advanch Ahrefs account worth $3,990. So for this episode, I'm giving away one. And all you have to do is leave a comment on the site. On the show notes for this episode, you go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 289. And leave a comment and answer the following question. That'll put you in a random drawing to get this. And then in one month after this episode goes live, I'm going to choose somebody at random who left a comment on that post to win this $4,000 package from Ahrefs, which is super generous from them. So here's what you do. Smartpassiveincome.com slash session 289 and answer the following question. What is one amazing piece of advice that you've got from any previous episode of the SPI podcast. What's something that's been pretty game-changing for you in terms of something that you've learned from either myself here on the show or a guest that we've had on or even just some of the tools that you've heard recommended? Maybe it's it's this one. Um, So leave your answer to that question there. What's one thing you've learned from just listening to the Smart Passive Income very recently? Smartpassiveincome.com slash session 289. And again, check out Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com. And uh, thank you again. Just want to thank you so much for your time and attention today. I appreciate it. Uh, again, like I said, all the links are available on the show notes page at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 289. And I'm looking forward to serving you next week because we got some great stuff coming. So if you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button and uh, also leave a review if you've liked what you've heard. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com.